Thank you for tuning in to our podcast recorded live each week. Now sit back and enjoy the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoor Show. Tighten your life vest, strap into your tree stand, and get ready for the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoors. Your source for outdoor information, education, and entertainment. Now, here are your hosts, Tony Sanders and Rob Pratula. Good morning, everybody. Tony Sanders Outdoors is live on the air from the banks of the beautiful Tennessee River. Or at least I am. I don't know about everybody else. Yeah, Rob, you're on the banks, too. Yeah, I'm on the banks, definitely on the banks, and it's uh, it's looking good. It's looking good. It wasn't terrible. Uh, the rain that we got this week was significant, but, you know, it's starting to clear up more quickly now, so glad to see that. But they do have all the, uh, they do have a lot of generation going on, so. Uh, Jesse's also on the banks. You know, we're all pretty much about the same. Yeah. In yeah. reality. Theoretically, we could all get wet in just a few moments, yeah. <laughs> we went outside and waited. So, Rob, how was your week? Um, uneventful for the most part. Um, you know, did the work from home thing, tied a few flies. But yesterday, I got to go do something super fun. I went out and burned some powder. Yes, the trout professor actually went out and burned some powder, shot some targets, and had a heck of a lot of fun doing it. Aromatherapy. Yes, and it smelled so good. The best kind. It smelled so good. It smelled like freedom. <laughs> you know, Rob and I went out to our club and uh, and unloaded a few dollars downrange. It was kind of cool. It was. Um, I, done, I did something I had never done, and that was shoot a cowboy action gun. Ooh. I did something I had never done either, and that was... Again, shoot a cowboy action gun. <laughs> I'm just glad I didn't shoot it in the 357 like you did. I'll, I'll stick with the 38. Um, yeah, the 357. You knew you had shot it. Yeah. Yeah, significantly. Yeah, you you knew when you pulled that trigger. That was a that was a big round, a lot of powder. That much of a but, kickback. Do what? That much of a kickback. In recoil. Yeah. Yeah, you you had knew, you knew you shot it uh, compared to a thirty-eight, and I saw the same thing. Uh, a friend of mine bought a Judge. Actually, I bought a Judge and then sold it to him. Um, and and it was the same thing. I was shooting the forty-five Long Colt, and there was zero, zero. I mean, it was just it was very comfortable shoot. And when I put the four ten shotgun shells in it. It was not comfortable to shoot. <laughs> oh, uh, I got, I had another first yesterday. Do I? I had, I, I had another first yesterday. I got to shoot a 357 SIG, which I really, really love. Have you never shot one? I have never shot a 357 SIG, but I got to shoot one yesterday and I really liked it. I have a, uh, a, a an old gun, believe it or not. It's, it's kind of interesting. The gun has fallen out of favor. Because compared to the the modern guns, it is it's a dinosaur. 
It's heavy. Mm-hmm. It only holds um, eight total. Seven in the magazine and one in the pipe. And did I say it was heavy? Yes. yes. Twice. <laughs> so really it's heavy. heavy. Uh, and it's, it's a, a SIG. It's a SIG P two thirty nine, which they have discontinued. Uh, when I bought that gun, it, dang, maybe thirty years ago. Um. It was one of the popular carry guns because it was com- compact compared to most anything else on the market. It's a single stack, um, and it's heavy. Yeah, and you mentioned that. <laughs> and uh, it is. It's it is kind of heavy, and so anyway, um, it was a very popular gun, and. The um, using it was, was it was it's fun to shoot, but it just was it as they developed the modular I'm, I'm sorry the the modern carry guns with the um, what composite whatever you want polymer to call it plastics yeah the yeah. the polymer guns they obviously are a lot lighter and they also. Uh, have more capacity and and all that. I mean, the little uh, Sig uh, 365 that I carry, I think it holds 13 or 14 in a little nine millimeter. That's very small. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the the 239 kind of fell out of favor and and finally ultimately went away. But when you go out and do some research, it's a it's a pretty popular gun. It was very popular with the police uh, as a backup gun. And I've always just enjoyed it. The one thing I regretted was, and, and one thing that's kind of cool about it, is you can change the, and you can with a lot of guns, though, but you can change the uh, the caliber. And so all you have to do is change the barrel out and change the magazines. And there's, and actually, depending on what you go to, you may not even have to change the magazines. But as you saw yesterday, it took, what, less than a minute to change the barrel out it was relatively simple even i could have done it not I mean, being we went, a gun i went guy. back and forth uh to between the caliber several times you did um but anyway i say all that say i had been looking for or one of my big regrets was not buying the 357 sig barrel for the gun and if you i don't know if you noticed this but that gun does not have any markings on the gun as far as what the caliber is. All the markings are on the barrel. So Correct. when you change the barrel, the whatever you've got, and you at one point, uh, you know, I, I made yep. you confirm to me what barrel was in there, what magazine we had, so and moved everything else away. Correct. Uh, and that was, you know, Sig's way of that way you could change it up and you knew what you were carrying. But anyway. I did not become a fan of the 357 SIG before they quit making the barrels and selling them. And so for two years now, I've been looking for 357 SIG barrel for that gun. And I finally found one on eBay. And I'll be honest, for a barrel and, and three magazines, 
I paid more than I would pay for probably a Glock. Wow. Um, but as you found out yesterday, that 357 Sig was a lot of fun to shoot. I don't know if you remember or noticed, but I was a heck of a lot more accurate of all the guns I shot. Well, with the exception of the, my 22 pistol, which is, you know, that's just a dead on accurate plinking gun right there. I, the most, the gun I was most accurate with was that was the 357 caliber, the 40 caliber. I was less accurate with the same gun. I don't, I, I don't know why, but that 357 round really worked well for me. And I may, I may need to, uh, do a little shopping. Well, I have, um, I have several guns in 357 SIG now. Uh, I have a Glock 32, which is the same as the 19. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a, a Glock 226, um, which is a bigger, it's a full-size gun, and it's heavy. So... I like that 357 round though. I really do. Uh, it's a it's a nice shooting round. Having never shot it before, I like it. Um, so does so does a lot of people. The a lot of the alphabet soup. That's what they carry. And it may have been the the I don't know I don't know how to say burliness or the weight of your sig that I was shooting, but I thought the 357 the the recoil on the 40 now granted it was a little bit more powder there was more powder in that particular cartridge but i think i shot no no the no, no. Oh, oh, oh. Nope, you're wrong okay the, all that was the same oh okay remember the the 40 caliber and the 357 sig is a 40 caliber casing neck the down. 357 sig is neck down gotcha okay there was one that i was shooting that had a higher powder ratio but i I'll tell you what, I shot that 357 SIG better than the 9mm, I think. But I'm really I'm really liking that round. Well, in, in all fairness, my magazines cost more than your gun did. Probably. So. <laughs> you know, and people ask me, why do you like SIGs? Because they're well made. They are. They're, I've they're got has- Glocks, I've got Smiths, I got them. But the SIG is, is definitely... Uh, very well made. Mm-hmm. So we had a lot of fun out at the range, though. We had, we we definitely we definitely put some targets on the paper, though. And I was and that, surprised. Yeah. I was surprised about my accuracy. I, I'm not as bad as I thought I was. No, not great. Not. not great, but still, it was on paper. So you're you're going to win in a gunfight. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> um. Did you see, I don't know, where's my clock? I don't even know how much time we got. Okay, got a couple minutes. Did you see the shooting up in Bradley County? Uh, and, and people that listen to the show know that I don't often even talk about things that are going on currently in the news uh, as far as this is concerned. But I was really surprised at the news reporting because I, and I don't know the circumstances. All I know is what's been reported on the news, and, and we all know that news is suspect a lot of times. Not from the fact that it's, I'm not saying fake news and all that crap. I'm saying the reporting is poor. They don't give us the facts, They don't, or they give us a few facts, and 
Something's happening somewhere, and we'll let you know about it when we find out more. Back to you, Tony. So we had we had a shooting in Bradley County, and the way it was reported was the suspects broke into the house as a robbery. Mm-hmm. The person was hiding in the house somewhere. The suspects left the house, was in their car. He fired into their car and killed one of them. I've had my handgun class. That's not that's not cool. Nope. You can't do uh, that legally. Nope. Unless you're in fear for your life, you can't use deadly force. The threat had ceased at that point. And only one time did they mention that that person had been charged with manslaughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and if manslaughter is all it is, then that's pretty pretty good because yeah, I, I could see a different charge. Yes, most definitely. And I don't know anything about what happened, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big proponent of the right to carry and all this stuff. Uh, and with that comes a responsibility. And that responsibility is we don't shoot people unless our life is in danger. You're, you know, you are I've heard right. all the jokes. I've probably made a lot of the jokes about, you know, I'm not going to go there. I'm yeah. just saying you don't do it. Nope. You've got to you've got to be in a situation where you are feeling threatened. So it'll be interesting Correct. to see how that one kind of plays out. I, I think we should follow that one because it, I think you're right. It will be interesting to see since the threat had ceased. So, Sure. All right. We're going to go pay a bill or two. And when we come back, we'll uh, get into some other stuff. Love to hear your thoughts. Give us a call. We'll appreciate it. It sits above the mantle on a couple rusty nails. The good Lord only knows all the stories. Are you a member of the National Rifle Association? If not, why? No other organization in this country fights for your rights like the NRA. In the current environment, our rights under the Second Amendment are being attacked every day. While we in the South may feel comfortable, that is not the case all across America. The NRA is taking up the fight for you, and you need to be a part. Join the over 5 million men, women, and children who are members of the NRA. Go to TonySandersOutdoors.com and click on the Join NRA link. Don't wait too late. Sportsman's Warehouse is a perfect place to shop for all your outdoor equipment. No matter the season, Sportsman's Warehouse friendly staff and knowledgeable experts can assist you in finding what you need for your adventure. If you're a hunter, angler, boater, hiker, camper, or need clothing or shoes, Sportsman's Warehouse has just what you need. If you're looking for a firearm, Sportsman's Warehouse has over a 1,000 guns in the store. Now, if you don't see one you want, you can go to sportsmanswarehouse.com and select from over 6,700 guns offered online. Then you can have it shipped directly to the store, everyday low prices, no shipping charges, and no processing fees. Don't forget to sign up and register for the Sportsman's Warehouse loyalty card. This will give you points towards gift cards and special promotions, as well as keeping you informed of upcoming events. Be sure to like them on Facebook for prizes, promotions, as well as things happening at the store. The place to shop for all your outdoor needs. Sportsman's Warehouse. The great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Highway 153 and Lee Highway. 
If you're looking to target your product or service to the outdoor community, Tony Sanders Outdoors can help. Nearly one-third of the radios are tuned to Tony Sanders Outdoors on Saturday mornings from 5 to 7 a.m. Whether it's a recorded commercial, live reads, remote broadcast, or product endorsements, Tony and Rob can help. Give us a call at 423-280-3677 to discuss your advertising needs. Tony Sanders Outdoors, your outdoor advertising solution. 423-280-3677. Good morning and welcome back to Tony Sanders Outdoors. Hope everybody's having a great Saturday morning. Hope you can get outside and enjoy yourself this Saturday. It's supposed to be bright and sunny, uh, about 80 degrees today, hopefully. So you can get outside and and maybe do a little turkey hunting, do a little fishing. It's going to be a great day. And believe it or not, this weekend, no rain, supposedly. So it's going to be awesome. Hopefully. I have... Uh... I have some young backs that are going to put out mulch. Ah. That would not be my young back. Okay, I was going to ask, is that uh, Axel and Cash going to do a little landscaping for Mr. Sanders? No, it's actually um, another neighborhood young man that's uh, very ambitious and a little bit older than Axel and Cash. And um, he's wanted my business for a while, and I wouldn't. Uh, leave Axel or cash, and uh, so this was some additional work that uh, that we've got for him to do. So, well, good. Glad to see an ambitious man out there trying to make an honest living. I got uh, forty bags of mulch, and he's going to put it out. So, well, good for him. And I'm probably not even going to supervise because I don't want to get tired. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. All right, so where are we going? I don't know. Where you want to go? You want to go turkey numbers? Yeah, you know, uh, it's it's kind of interesting. The um, the turkey numbers are pretty amazing, but the, I've noticed they're slowing down with the harvest of turkeys that we've seen. Uh, there's a lot of people paying attention to it and a lot of people um, opining mm-hmm. on, on what's going on with them. Uh, and so I've been paying a lot closer attention because uh, I don't know if it was, we ever said it. I'm, I'm actually the chair of the wildlife this year for TWRA. So, and this is a season setting. So there's a lot of activity uh, around wildlife and, and I've been watching it, and uh, it, it took us about three and a half days to get the next thousand birds. Uh, so it's so down significantly. I wonder why that is, do you think? Or shall we quantificate um, on or speculate? Well, the, the people that, that hunt tell me it's uh, the grass is getting taller. Uh, the birds are a little bit, you know, harder to get. Uh, they're getting a little bit weary. There's been a lot of hunters out there, so they're a lot more wary than they were. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and we've killed thirty five thousand of them too. All right, I've got I've got something I want you to pontificate upon. Um, Region two, Middle Tennessee. Yeah. Has the highest numbers of turkey taken out of the four regions. Uh, okay. West Tennessee, west of the Tennessee River, Region one, yeah. has the second highest. The third highest is Upper East, like uh, Tri Cities area that area mm-hmm. and the last region the lowest producing region is our region and is that a is it because of terrain is it because of the numbers because middle tennessee has kind of rolling hills west tennessee is as as you well know you go over speed bump and your ears pop because it's so flat but then upper east tennessee where it's all mountains they're getting more turkeys than we are we're the we're the lowest producing region of the four You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of speculation. Obviously, region two is that really fertile farmland. Yes, um, and you also have uh, a greater hunting population. Okay, I can see the that. Keyword I put there was hunting population. Okay, not necessarily population, because uh, you know if you go to Memphis. Look at Memphis is the largest city in Region One, mm-hmm. but there's not as many hunters in Memphis as there may be in and around Nashville Metro. Gotcha. So I think there's a lot of that, and, and I think also with Nashville you have a lot of uh, really good hunting opportunities within a very short distance of driving. True. Relatively speaking, an hour or less. True. We also have, um, in you know, here we have a, a lot of mountainous area. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would dare, I don't know, it'd be interesting to see mountain wise compared to region four versus region three. Mm-hmm. How, how uh, region four may be a little bit more mountainous than we are i would just, i would think they are but that's just me but we have a lot too and i mean the the difference between region three and re, our region and region four is 200 maybe 300 turkeys oh it's yeah it's uh it's that's less than 200 yeah so it's not significant um and actually between region one two and three the difference is less than 250 Mm-hmm. But so, it's been it's been that way the whole season though I've right. noticed. So I, I just didn't know if that was so a, it's kind of like you know, an I mean, election. Whatever you come out of the gate with, you stay there. Yeah, pretty much. But I mean, it's, when when I've looked at the deer population over the years, having done the deer data uh, for what eleven years now, uh, except for the first year that freaked me out when I realized when you had explained to me that we went from archery to gun and the numbers shot up. Right. Um, the West Tennessee deer hunting, you know, they're always tops because, you know, they're they're just, you know, so much so many deer out that way and, you know, the farmlands and the croplands. Whereas, you know, our county usually ends up about twenty fifth out of ninety five ballpark. But during archery season, Hamilton County is one of the top three 
and then gun season takes over and it goes out to West Tennessee. So I just wondering if this was a pattern as, for turkeys as well, or if, if, well, we've never really looked at it before. So we may need to look at that in the future years and see where right. that goes. Right. And there's a lot of speculation on, on what needs to be done. And that's, we kind of talked about that before and interested to see what people think as far as, you know, the, the, there's nine or 10 counties in West Tennessee. Uh, actually, there's the, along the Mississippi River, we're going to, we're, or they're proposing that we delay the opening there. Hmm. Uh, and that's because of the flooding. Uh, ah. And then yeah. okay. there's four counties in that are right along the Region 2, Region 1 border um, that they're looking at a delay as well, just because uh, that's where we're doing the study. Okay. And okay. Uh, there's a theory out there, and it's just a theory that if we delay the if we delay the start of turkey season by two weeks, it'll give more uh, more chances for the for breeding and for nesting and all of that. Uh, and it's a theory. There's no really nothing out there that says that that's the tr case. It's just a hypothesis and. Since we're already doing a turkey study in the area, they thought this would be a good place to, to test it out. Well, so more data, more data, more information. So hey, if they want to run their their hypothesis and test it, I'm I'm for it. Well, yeah, because you don't hunt in that area. Exactly. If you're a hunter in that area. You may not be <laughs> happy about it. Well, true. But I'm not so. <laughs> so, uh, so there's that. You got. Uh, People saying that we need to cut the harvest down statewide. There's nothing that supports that from a data standpoint. And, and they're all pointing to what's happening right now, the, the, the larger harvest. Right. Of course, I think they were expecting us to kill 50,000 birds, and that ain't going to happen because nah, it's slowing down. Yeah, it is. So, I don't know. There's a lot, there's a lot of discussions around turkey a lot of people know what they're talking about a lot of experts a lot of especially facebook, on facebook. yeah yeah especially on facebook yes <laughs> so and it, it's kind of funny some some guy was really uh in an email was just really quote railing on me and and i finally said you know i said i'm not sure who you work with but I have, you know, close to 80 biologists that I consult with at the at on a whim, and this is what they're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> and I said that's not counting the two PhDs that are doing a turkey study that their whole life revolves around turkeys. Yeah, <laughs> I've got some pretty good people yeah. that, are, that are advising I would, me. I would say so. I mean, you know, with with you know. I don't know who you're speaking with, but if they have a biology degree or not, but you know, I'm sorry, there are certain things that I'm going to refer to the experts. I mean, we've all got our skills. We, we, everybody has a skill set, no matter who, who you are, no matter what you do, you got a skill set. But when you venture out of your skill set and start pontificating, mm, there's probably somebody with a little bit more information out there. Like, yeah, oh, I don't I'm, know. And I'm not biologists. saying I don't challenge them. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying that at all. Yeah. Um, 
and 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 there it's a unique system that we have here but uh, i do i do i do get kind of humorous at times mm -hmm. all right let's go pay a bill tony sanders outdoors we'll be right back Horses Warehouse has always supported the Chattanooga community and all the local conservation groups, wild game dinners, youth events, and much, much more. Please go and see them today at the corner of 153 and Lee Highway. Because whatever you need, whether it's camping, fishing, hiking, or hunting, whatever you need for your outdoor adventures, you can get it at Sportsman's Warehouse. Sportsman's Warehouse, the great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Check them out at sportsmans.com. Sportsman's Warehouse, located at the corner of 153 and Lee Highway. Welcome back, Tony Sanders Outdoors. I'm not sure what you were saying there, Robert, about me and Compass. Well, I believe you have ha had uh, experiences on both ends. You have been a seller, so you yep. have consigned things with them. And I believe you've also been a, uh, I wouldn't say frequent. No, I will. No, I'll go ahead and say frequent buyer. All it takes is a Google search through my emails, and you'll see that, uh, yes, I have been frequent. Yeah, uh, I know you've bought a lot of guns there, uh, but it's a great place to sell guns if you need to as well. So, I'm I've enjoyed getting rid of some guns. Uh, I enjoyed last week really well. Uh, I probably already spent all the money I got from selling guns on new guns, but that's a whole oh. other issue. Oh, you spent it already? Oh, because my birthday's coming. My birthday's coming up. My birthday's coming up, and I'm just throwing that out there that, you know, you could get me and? some on soldoncompass.com. Okay. <laughs> like a new gun. Uh-huh. You could. I could. Uh -huh. yeah. You're not and... going to, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I, I'm, I'm kind of at a loss. I don't know exactly what to say there, Robert. Oh, just throwing you under the bus there, buddy. So where's where's all your Facebook people? They're not out here yet. They're not awake. I'm, I've I've seen a few. I know uh, a few guys are watching. Travis Palmer is uh, watching. I know. I just saw him pop up. So good morning, Travis. Hope you're uh, heading to the water this morning. So hopefully, some people will be heading out to to the lakes and rivers, especially the uh, trout streams this morning, which is where I'm heading after we get done with the show. I'm heading out to the river. Going to do a little fishing. So. Which river are you headed to? I'm going to head to the Elk. The I'm Elk? Gonna I'm going to float the Elk, so we'll see That's how that goes. That's one of my favorite waters. It is. It's 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 a good fishery. Uh, I'm floating with uh, Jared DeWright. Um, he guides that river, and this is kind of the first time he can get on it because of uh, a lot of rain, uh, a lot of generation, a whole, whole lot of generation. So this is going to be his first outing. And he really didn't want to take any clients down yet because the river obviously has changed since the last time he was on it. So he needed somebody with high skills and low expectations. So that would be me. You said high expectations and low skill? No. That would that would have been me. Well, okay. Fair <laughs> enough. No, he needs somebody who can cast and, you know, if they're happy catching one fish, you know, that's – he said, you know, we'll, we'll see because it's going to be a, a kind of a test run before he takes uh, any clients out this year because we need to see where the uh, 
uh, sandbars have shifted. If there's any down trees, you know, any fall down stuff like that. So nobody's really run the river a whole lot because they've been generating so much. So this is the first open window that's been available. So are you taking? We're going to hit. Uh, no, we're taking down the. Uh, we're going to do the raft. Um, he hadn't got his new jet boat yet. That's about uh, two months away. He said. Hmm. So. We're going to hit that. I'm going to, as soon as we get off the air, I'm going to start driving towards, uh, that, that is district two, isn't it? Yes. So I'm going to start, or region two, sorry. Yeah, I think I'm going to, I'm going to start, well, I know I'm going to start driving towards region two. So be over at the Elk this morning over in Winchester. That's a, that's, that is one of my favorite bodies of water. Um, you can, you can wait it Mm -hmm. part of it. And then you can get into some really deep, uh, deep holes the other way. So, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, the gravel bottom is nice to wade. Um, it's not like the some rivers where you got you know slime covered rock. It's it's pea gravel most of the way. So that's one reason I really like that river. Um, it's easier wading. It is. It is. It's a lot easier wading than um, some of your other rivers out there. I mean. Uh, the Hiawassee, you can go head over teacups in a heartbeat real quick on that river because of the flat slime-covered rocks. And uh, Teleco's kind of treacherous in places, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to being out on the water today. So, Well, good. Hopefully I, wish, I will catch I wish a you will. couple. Well, thank you, sir. Hopefully I'll catch a few. Maybe someday he'll take me with low skill and high expectations. <laughs> Fair enough. That's probably what is it you like to say? God, not God. Yeah, yeah. There, there. There's a difference. Uh, I, you know, when I started, the the two greatest pieces of advice I ever got when I first started guiding, I called an old guide friend of mine in Arkansas who had been guiding for years, and I said, "Hey, I'm I'm getting into it. What do I need to know?" And the first thing he told me was, "Dead clients don't pay, and wet clients don't tip. So if they get wet and are are not happy, they're not going to tip." and dead clients don't pay your bill at the end of the day. I thought, okay, so that means safety first. Got it. And the second thing he he always told me, he said, the word is guide, not God. There are certain things that are within your control, safety being number one, but you cannot control the weather. You cannot control the fish. You cannot control the generation. So you have to kind of go with the flow. And when he told me this, you know me, I'm not a go with the flow kind of guy. I'm a planner. I'm a, I'm a, you know, I've, you know, I've gotten better over the years, especially hanging out with you, Tony, but I've gotten better <laughs> over the years. Um, so, you know, that was the attitude. He said, you know, it, the word is guide, not God. So. Fair enough. You can control lunch and that's about it. <laughs> you miss those days. I miss pulling at the oars, but I'm getting a little bit, I'm getting a little long in the tooth, just a bit. I mean, I can still pull the oars. I don't know that I would want to do that and keep what I call guide hours, which are you're there uh, an hour and a half before your clients get there. You're getting the boat set up. You're getting drink size down. You made dinner the night or lunches, you know, that morning. You made a couple of sandwiches for everybody and you got to make them look nice. You row all day. Uh, you go home that night, tie flies, go to bed, get about three or four hours of sleep and do it all again. Do I miss the guide hours? 
some days, yeah, I do. But on other days, I stop and think, you know, I'm glad I have a full-time gig because, you know, uh, well, take the COVID that's going on right now. A lot of the guides are not getting their business, and it, it is seasonal. And part of the season has been shortened. So I don't know that I would want to be a uh, a full-time guide anymore. But if somebody needed a, if somebody needed me to roll them down the river, sure, I can do that. But Travis Palmer says, Bluegill Bot is on fire. Where, Travis? Where? We need info. Where? <laughs> I know it's on that, fire everywhere. Now, now, you're, now you're talking Rob's, Rob's world there. Yeah. Give me well, Bluegill. I have not seen any uh, willow flies yet, but those usually come out uh, in June. So when the willow flies come out on uh, Chickamauga, that's when it gets hot and heavy. I mean, it gets you get you get these big fish that are eating these huge flies off the surface, and and you talk about fun throwing a popper out there into the middle of a of a lake with a whole bunch of willow flies. You never know if it's going to be a a one pound shell cracker. Uh, half ounce bluegill or a six pound bass you have no earthly idea and that's what's great about the willow flies so you're saying that this year when the willow fly hatch is happening we're going to head out to the water and, and just drop some poppers in the middle of all of that mm-hmm. i got us a spot for willow flies I, I i know where a good willow fly hatch happens so i got us a spot cool that would be like that would be a lot of fun Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Jesse, we need to go pay a bill or two. And when we come back, we'll wrap up this hour with the one thing on the calendar that we have. Okay. But I think it's getting ready to kind of change a little bit here before long. So we'll be right back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. The old man ran the bait shop right there. There were ducks and bucks and smallmouths. Ladies Fertilizer in Cleveland, Tennessee are the only ones you need to call for your commercial lawn care supplies. They are experts in fertilizer, lawn chemicals, mulch, stone, and all your commercial lawn care needs. They have the expertise to recommend formulated special blends for your lawn care company. Your customers will be happy with the great results, and so will you. Babies has years of local knowledge and know what will work in this area. Go with the pros at Baby Fertilizer, 472-5491, 472-5491, and check them out at babiesfertilizer.com. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That is more than the catchy jingle when it describes State Farm agent Rodney Allen. For over 20 years, Rodney and his team of professionals have been taking care of our family's insurance needs. Whether it's home, auto, life, or insurance, or your outdoor toys, Whatever it is, Rodney Allen and State Farm can handle these needs. Don't forget your banking and financial needs as well. Reach Rodney Allen and his staff at 423-847-3881. Again, that's 423-847-3881. And invest a few minutes of your time to deal with a financial professional and his staff. Rodney Allen, State Farm. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors wrapping up the first hour. Uh, I see I've got uh, my cousin Tom is watching from West Tennessee. Early morning. Hi, Hi, cousin Tom. (laughs) Good to see him. Uh, He was always the, he's always the one that uh, would, 
take the something that was designed to do one thing and figure out how to make it do something else. Oh, cool. An extremely talented machinist. Sweet. So he, uh, it, it's, it's, uh, it was always interesting to watch the modifications that he did mm. on things. So I wish I had Very that cool. skill because I don't. <laughs> so, all right. So they, they finally settled on a date for the DU thing for, for Utes. Mm-hmm. And that's, is it July 11th? July 11th from nine to one. Uh, it's going to be out at Covey Creek Farms, and uh, mark your calendars for July 11th, again, from 9 to 1. It's going to be a great event for all kids. If you know any kids, get them signed up for this event because it is a wonderful, wonderful time outdoors for the kids. They get to experience anything and everything about the outdoors, uh, from fishing to shooting to archery to calling. They get to see animals. They get to meet DNR officers from Georgia, TWA officers from Tennessee, uh, and they get to ride bikes in some places and shoot skeet, shoot BB guns. It's just a great day outdoors. And I don't, every year I've been, I don't know of a kid that I haven't seen that had a big smile on their face out there. Everybody has a great time. Lunch provided too. No, it is it is a good time. Hunter always enjoys going out there and having fun. Mm-hmm. We had uh, when I the last uh, last year we did it. We had the uh, drift boat out there, and uh, the kids loved crawling up into the drift boat and playing in it. And we had uh, some trout coloring pages, which the kids loved to color. But uh, some of the kids were fascinated. I was out there tying flies as a demo, and uh, a lot of the kids were more interested in the materials that I was using and they wanted to touch the, the pheasant skin or the chucker hide or the deer hair. And, you know, I let them look at it and told them what it was and told them interesting facts about it. So they really enjoyed that. They, um, we took out some, some live quail from quail forever. Mm -hmm. They thought those were fascinating. Oh Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I know Chris um, Wilmore has, he said he's got five, that if he can keep them alive, he's going to take them out there. Okay. <laughs> I, I can keep them alive. Well, you know, sometimes, you know, during this That's, lockdown, you know, you know, I, I, I think, you know, some quail poppers would be awesome. Right I was going to say, <laughs> if I had five quail, they would end up being jalapeno poppers. <laughs> oh, speaking of food, I got the best chicken and dumplings the other night they were it, it was so awesome and um I, w I will say this because i was not in polite society i stuck my face in and licked the bowl clean now had i been in polite society that would have been rude but i'm sitting here at my house i had my tongue going around that bowl just trying to get every bite of that stuff and uh, i had some awesome chicken and dumplings made by my good friend miss kina Yes. Um, yeah, she she did make, uh, and I had some the other day. She started to give it away to her mother, and I said, uh, "No, it's I had it for lunch. Sorry." <laughs> Oops. Although, Sorry. although in fair trade, I did give you some red beans and rice with real andouille sausage. So it was good. There was no doubt. So I've got to get. 
I've got the recipe now, and, and my wife has been asking me to go ahead and try that uh, recipe that Kina sent over for that chicken and dumplings because it was so good. It, it is very so, easy, too. Yeah. It, oh, man, it was so good, though. Probably the best, honestly, probably the best meal I've had all week. Without, I'm not, I'm not saying that to be nice to kind of, it honestly was the best meal I've had all week. It was so awesome. I will, uh, I will tell her you said that. I guarantee she's not upstairs listening right now. So, yeah, probably not. Yeah. But you can play this part of the show for. Yeah, I can. I can. Uh, we've got, uh, Hunter and, Hunter's been wanting to come to the radio station and do the show with me, and I kept saying, Hunter, you don't have to get up in the morning and go to the studio. Man, you can do it right here in the office with Papa T. Mm-hmm. And he's not here, so. Yeah. Is Gunner there with you? Your loyal uh, Gunner is Gunner is in on his bed, and he's kind of got, you know, he's very smart and adaptive from a routine perspective. Mm-hmm. And um, I walked in, and and everything's still dark, and, and my office is off the kitchen. And uh, and I walked in, and all I do, I see a head come up, and then it goes right back down. He's he's okay. I'm done. You're not you're not going to take me out. You're not going to do anything for two hours. So just I'm done. Okay. So I will acknowledge you, human. <laughs> so <laughs> that was about all he did. <laughs> so all right. Um, when we come back. Um, was it you that was telling me about the, the, the two trucks that were set on fire? Yes. Yes. Is that what's here in show prep? Yes. Okay. Yeah. We'll talk about that and some other things. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't understand what people's problems are while people do crap like that. Mm. I'm, uh, I'm, I am so over people from that perspective. You've been self-distancing for years. You just didn't know it. <laughs> yeah. All right. When we come back, we'll uh, we'll get that and other things. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Don't stop that podcast now. That's only one half of the show. We'll be right back with the second half of Tony Sanders Outdoors. Tighten your life vests, wrap into your tree stand, and get ready for the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoors, your source for outdoor information, education, and entertainment. Now, here are your hosts, Tony Sanders and Rob Pratula. Welcome back. Hour number two, Tony Sanders Outdoors. Hanging with you from various places around the city and county. We can probably take this. I wonder if we take this like on the road to the woods. Could I be sitting in the woods right now, waiting on the turkeys to wake up, talking? Theoretically, yeah. I'm thinking you can. I mean, we've got the technology now. We know how good the technology is. I mean, we kind of tested it when you were in uh, India and you Skyped in. And, um, so this might open up a few more opportunities for you, you know, for me to go fishing and you be in the studio or. I'm thinking Turkey Woods would not be good to be talking. Probably not. Might want to be a little quiet or, you know, make a call every now and again, you know, 
see what's going on. Do the owl call and see where they are. Yeah, I'm thinking. Yeah. But yeah, we've got the technology now. We can we can go from anywhere. You have a story in show prep that happened somewhere near us, right? Correct. Uh, let me find it. Um, page 12. Page 12. Yeah, I do. I do read it. Okay. We find page 12. Uh, basically, what has been happening, uh, well, at least this week I saw it on uh, Facebook. There were a few bass anglers who were out on Chickamauga, and two anglers' trucks were broken into and set ablaze in broad daylight. Two other vehicles were broken into, and a fifth vehicle was totally stolen. Uh, basically, a Tennessee or the the sheriff of the county came out there and took a report and. They had all kinds of commotion going on there, obviously, with, you know, vehicles being on fire. Uh, the, the person who did it has not been caught. Unfortunately, um, several anglers have had their trucks obviously broken into and destroyed. Um, it's, it's just really terrible. So if you have any leads or know anything about this uh, suspicious activity between 11 a.m. and – or I'm sorry, between 7 a.m. and 11 a.m. nearby the Goodfield Boat Ramp up in Meigs County on April 27th, please contact the Meigs County Sheriff Department immediately at 334-5268, 334-5268. If you saw anything over at that boat ramp, the uh, sheriff would really like to know about it, and it's just terrible that these people left their vehicles for a fun day of fishing, and they come back to a burnt-out husk of whatever their car was. So um, it's it, it's just absolutely terrible in my mind. And they've been having some problems at that boat ramp. So Have you if you know anything, any please give Yes, once. Um, I was in uh, North Georgia uh, coming off the Tacoa River, and there were some... Um, uh, that's where our vehicles were parked and we'd done the shuttle and uh, we left our vehicles in the the trailer there so we could pull the drift boat out and there were some i want to say sketchy individuals there i i don't know how else to describe them something they just gave off this weird vibe and uh, they started asking us a lot of questions you know i thought they were uh, there's being polite and then there's just weird so, something weird you know hey how are y'all hey where are you from you know that's how you ask you know these people got out you know they were over there by some vehicles and they had, we pulled up and they got in their vehicle where are y'all from well uh you know we're not from here huh what y'all doing well we're fishing what are you doing sitting here in a boat ramp parking lot you know we didn't ask that but i've been in a few sketchy situations but Normally, you know, I, I I can under, I mean, I guess I've I've heard of of uh, lots of people getting their trucks broke into while they're out fishing because obviously you know they're not gonna, they're out, they're away from their vehicle, but I don't know why this individual decided to light two of those vehicles on fire in Meigs County unless I, I just can't speculate why I have no earthly idea. So 
And uh, I know both these these anglers are probably, you know, well, one, they're out of vehicle, and that's, you know, bad enough as it is. But, you know, whatever was in their truck is, you know, on fire too. So Sure. Um, it just, it just, it just is, is terrible. So if you got any information on that crime and that was up in Meigs County on, uh, April 27th, give the, uh, Meigs County Sheriff's Department a call. The Goodfield boat ramp. I'm not sure exactly where that's at, but. You know, and I've heard for years things happening like that at ramps and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um. I just make sure everything's out of my vehicle and try not to give them a reason to break in. Yeah, I do the same. Um, but I mean, you know, that just seems like straight up. I don't know. I don't know how to say it. I mean, they didn't get anything out of either of the guys vehicles because they had all their tackle with them. They had their, you know, they, had very little in the vehicle, but yet they still went ahead and broke the glass and then lit them on fire. I don't know what the what the story is behind that. That that just seems really really squirrely. But I hate to see it happen to two local anglers. Um, uh, it says here in the article. Unfortunately, uh, both fires, uh, both trucks were on fires and had been broken into. Um, one of the anglers only had liability insurance on his vehicle, so he's out of truck, and his fishing season is pretty much over. Um, it's, it's just terrible. Yeah. It's absolutely okay. terrible. Um, it looks like the outdoors are finally starting to open, too. In several states, yes. Uh, Michigan has relaxed their, I want to say, strangulation control for that state, and uh, people are being able to. Well, I don't know. I don't know what else to call it. They had one of the toughest lockdowns where you couldn't go fishing and you know stuff like that. So um, they've kind of relaxed that, and people are able to go fishing now. In several other states as well. So. The uh, Smokies are opening, finally. They are. Uh, let's see here. We're, the park is opening up on May 9th. Many of the trails and park roads will be opening up. Um, park rangers are implementing new safety measures in facility operations and services to help prevent the spread of COVID-19 in areas uh, that are reopening to the public. Campgrounds, picnic pavilions, visitor centers, and many secondary roads will remain closed in the first reopening phase, which is expected to last for about two weeks. Some measures include uh, disinfectant fogging operations of restrooms, public buildings, installation of plexiglass and other shields at visitor center, and personal protective equipment uh, required for maintenance staff and other staff in the park. So it's opening up, but with... uh, in phases, but it's going to be at least opening up so you can actually get into the park now, which would be wonderful, especially in the spring. I'm sorry. One of the best places to be in the world in the spring is the Smoky Mountains National Park. In in the spring, it's gorgeous, and especially in the fall, it is got to be one of the 
prettiest places on earth. I'm sorry. I will put our foliage up against New England. I will put our foliage up against anybody anywhere. But because when you see Grandfather Mountain and a few of these other mountains that are up in that area, I'll put ours up against anybody's because it is absolutely gorgeous. And that's what's great about living in Tennessee. So we have the real Beaver Man on line one. Hello, Beaver Man. Good morning, gentlemen. <clears throat> Good morning. I, um, I have a couple of ideas that might possibly help deter uh, vandalism and or thievery at boat ramps. Okay. Uh, one, you could put uh, like a pet rattlesnake in the front seat of your truck every time you you go fishing. And a note that says, hey, pet rattlesnake on front seat of truck. All right. Okay. Next would be possibly electrifying your vehicle when you leave. So if somebody comes and touches it, they get electrocuted and they're laying there dead and smoldering, but your truck's okay. You know, it's only going to take a few times for that to happen and people will get yep. the idea. And, um, and then the third would just be, you know, a sign. Of course, you know, I think meth heads have trouble reading sometimes. Okay. Um, but uh, maybe like, you know, with pictures and graphs, it shows like a sniper and a symbol of a head popping like a melon as a 308 round pop goes through it. And then a meth head on the ground. Um, saying, snipers in this area, beware of what you touch. It's just just three simple ideas I have that might help curtail future vandalism. You know, Beaver Man, it's really early in the morning to go that dark. Well, no, I just went even worse. I'm sitting here thinking it, if you wound the first tweaker, all his friends will come in there, and then you can shoot the rest of them. That's where I went. If you think he's dark, I just went down the dark alley. Like crows. Like yeah, crows. exactly. Um, hey. You know, I like the idea. Uh, there's a – I've seen a sign that says um, – if you can read this, you are within range. <laughs> yeah. I like the idea exactly. of electrification. Put take Run one of those uh, electric fences. You know where you have to put your hand up under the door to, to lift it and open up? Just just electrify yeah. that thing, you know, a couple of times. And, you know, I, I think that's a mm -hmm. great idea. The um, I've had situations... Where now I, I generally drive kind of old crappy trucks and don't don't leave anything in it worth stealing, you know. Mm -hmm. The although one time I used to have a nice truck and went over to Sequatchie County up to fish the little Sequatchie, and I'd parked this truck. It was a nice Chevy pickup with a camper shell, and I had walked like a hundred yards, and the zombies start coming out of the woods, literally like. Wonder what we can steal off this stuff again. And and I'm looking. I mean, they're driving up. They they didn't see me. I'm standing down by the creek. I mean, I, it had been five minutes. And I just watched them. And so I, I'll come walking back up. And I, I, I got a a heater on my hip under my waders. I'm just like, hello. And they're, they're like, oh, hi. This is a nice truck. I'm like, yeah. There's a nice 45 on my head, too. What do you want? To, what else do you want to talk about? Uh, nothing. 
And it's just another time up in, uh, I guess it's Polk County, up off of G Creek. And I was I was going to go turkey hunting, and I pulled up there to the end of this road, and and was sleeping there. I've driven up there real late at night, like well, I'm gonna sleep a few hours in the back of my car. Some old dudes come riding on up. They get out and start looking at my car, and I sat up with my 12-gauge in the back seat, like, hello? Surprise. And they're like, see ya. They peel off and drive off. So the moral of the story is if you point a firearm in a tweaker's face, chances are that's a language even they can understand. (laughs) They don't have to read too hard for that, right? That's right. So, uh. Yeah, I just, man, I hate a thief. I hate a thief. I do too. And I, I would, mm, I, I would, you know, just, I, I think there ought to be public floggings for that. I mean, literally strap them down in the town square, cat and nine tails, just, just flog them to pieces. And then let Works the methods me. see, see that. We saw what if the they did when they came, that kid. So, you know, we talked about that for months. Yeah, so, well, he got, he got away easy. Yeah. <clears throat> hey, we got to go pay a bill, bigger man. Hey, thanks right, again right, for everyone. helping me out with mathematics on the number of bags of malts that I got to make these kids put down. You're asking, you're telling an English major, thank you for help with mathematics? I am. Okay, now that's okay. funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're welcome, sir. And I, um, I'm happy to assist in any way that I may. Well, Beaver Man, I appreciate that. Stay out of trouble, man. Take care. And man. Rob, yeah. Uh, next time you want to take the leash off and, and go fishing, just let me know. We'll be around. Ready up. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back. Thanks, right. Sanders Outdoors. Hanging with you this Saturday morning. If you're looking to target your product or service to the outdoor community, Tony Sanders Outdoors can help. Nearly one-third of the radios are tuned to Tony Sanders Outdoors on Saturday mornings from 5 to 7 a.m. Whether it's a recorded commercial, live reads, remote broadcast, or product endorsements, Tony and Rob can help. Give us a call at 423-280-3677 to discuss your advertising needs. Tony Sanders Outdoors, your outdoor advertising solution. 423-280-3677. Beatty's Fertilizer in Cleveland, Tennessee are the only ones you need to call for your commercial lawn care supplies. They are experts in fertilizer, lawn chemicals, mulch, stone, and all your commercial lawn care needs. They have the expertise to recommend formulated special blends for your lawn care company. Your customers will be happy with the great results, and so will you. Beatty's has years of local knowledge and know what will work in this area. Go with the pros at Beatty Fertilizer, 472-5491, 472-5491, and check them out at Beatty'sFertilizer.com. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors, hanging with you this Saturday morning. All right, Rob, got a question for you. Okay. If you watched the commission meeting last week, a lot of discussion about uh, nighttime 
coyote hunting. Okay. Uh, Richard wrote an article based on nighttime coyote hunting. I did read the article. I was unable to attend the uh, commission meeting due to a conference call for program directors at my college. So, so what's your thoughts on nighttime turkey hunting? I mean, coyote hunting. <laughs> nighttime turkey hunting, bad. Coyote hunting, uh, well, that's when they're most active. And okay. I'm thinking, you know, some, I mean, people are hog hunting down in Georgia. Uh, with the night sights and all that other thing. So I did notice that uh, everybody, uh, from the safety aspect, that everybody has to have a uh, glow light on them uh, just so they identify no. themselves. No, no, no. I'm sorry. That was just was one of the things that was discussed. There's, oh, I'm sorry. There's actually no proposal. It's a lot of discussions going on right now. I, As far as coyotes go, I, I can... My theory is if people can hog hunt, then I think, you know, they should be able to maybe coyote hunt as well. We can't hog hunt. Well, I mean, well, in some areas they do. I mean, not ours, obviously. But Georgia does hog hunts with the thermal imaging, and I think that's absolutely cool. Um, several states do allow thermal imaging cameras and stuff like that, and I think that could be a, an industry um, that could lend itself to Tennessee. Is it sporting? That that becomes a question. So, to me, you know, is it sporting? Maybe, but that's when those animals are most active. Um, so, you know, everybody everybody coon hunts at night. So that's when raccoons are most active. But you're not, coon, are, you're not coon hunting with high powered rifles. True. True. I don't know. I kind of, I kind of like the idea. I kind of like the idea. Now, as long as we don't, you know, obviously go crazy, but you know, as, as I don't think there's any shortage of coyotes, so I don't think we will be uh, decimating the herd if we, you know, allow nighttime hunting. But that being said, I am not a biologist, so I would refer to all of your eighty-seven this, biology this friends. Is, this is not a biological issue. Well, then ethically, yeah, I think it's fine. I kind of like the idea. Okay. What do you think? I don't know. Okay. And since I'm one of 13 that have a vote, I'm really not going to say. Okay. At this Fair point. enough. Um, but I do find it, uh, I do find the discussion very interesting. We allow it now, if you're trying to control coyotes, uh, from a depredation standpoint, uh -huh. um, I don't know. It's just it's it's going to be interesting to see. A lot of passionate people about it, one way or the other. Really? Oh yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to. I've probably well, got yeah. more calls on this than I have turkeys. Really? Yep. Interesting. Yep. They uh, people are passionate about it. Well, I, I think it, I, my theory is I think, you know, you hunt the animals when they're uh, most active, per se. I mean, I don't, you know, obviously deer hunting at night, you know, spotlighting, you know, that's not allowed and is kind of cheating. But coyotes are a nocturnal predator. Um, so, you know, why not allow it 
That's my theory. But well, they, they only aren't deer kind of nocturnal. Situation dependent, but um, they're not really a predator either. They're not a predator. So, um, you know, I, I'm kind of, I don't know, I'm kind of on the. I like the idea, but you know, probably not going to be my thing. That's just me. Uh, but I don't want to. I'm I'm going to err on the side of you know, allowing people to enjoy the outdoors and hunt. Maybe there could be a uh, a season for it, you know, or a certain time of year that you could do it. Um, I don't know what y'all are thinking, but uh, I, I I think a lot of the nighttime hog hunting is effective, and they're a uh, uh, a species that shouldn't be here. So you know, maybe we need to control predator populations by hunting them at night. So, yeah. or helicopter hunting them. Uh, hog apocalypse. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I have no problem with that whatsoever. Um, you know, I have no problem with people. You know, using a fully one and not semi-automatic. I'm talking fully automatic gun out the side of a helicopter shooting 600 to 700 hogs i got no problem with that that sounds like a good time uh i have to admit i could i could see um hanging out of the side of a helicopter with a, a fully automatic gun shooting hogs like they do in texas yeah and they've got fully automatic shotguns too down there too. They're 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 loading loading those things too. But at that point, that's an invasive pest species. And when you can kill six hundred hogs and not even make a dent over a several thousand acre farm on a weekend, that says something about that species that they need to be controlled. Do we need to do we really need to control the coyote population? That's well, the question. Which I'm going to leave up to the biologist. Okay, but I said it's not a biological biological question necessarily. Well, um, I'm going okay. I'm going back to if I don't hunt anything, I don't eat. But I know there are people out there that do. Which are you going to eat, you gonna I, eat it, a coyote? No. Okay. Therefore, I probably will not participate in this. But if they're helping the environment by keeping coyotes in check, I have no problem with that. I'm just not going to be one of them. I'm, I, I disagree. Like I've said before, I disagree with bow fishing, but they have paid their license fee. Just like I have paid my license fee. They are allowed to go do that. I just disagree with it, but that doesn't mean it's wrong. Sure. So. Interesting. There'll be more to come. It'll be, There'd be a lot of discussion over the next 30 days, I'm afraid. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I, although I do like the glow light idea to make sure that, you know, hey, don't shoot me. I'm a good guy. That was actually a pretty good idea, I have to admit. Um, I, 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 I agree. Um, although TWA uh, has a really good idea, if you ask me. TWA's had some bad ideas, but there are some good ideas that have come out of TWA. One of which is that they are starting to stock uh, Parksville Lake with muskie. Right. And uh, the stocking is showing a lot of success. So we may have a muskie lake a lot closer to us 
than us having to drive up into upper east Tennessee to get them. So hopefully that endeavor is going to be uh, successful. Yeah, I, I, I want to go and catch one of those you know, fish of 10,000 cast or whatever they're called. Yeah, I, 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 I fly fish for them, and uh, I think I've told you the story the guy went out with uh, – made about you know 12 casts and landed one and then all the rest of the day eight hours later in the snow i didn't i got a follow and he said oh that's good so <laughs> all right we'll be right back tony sanders outdoors campfires are burning we're gathered round talking about what might happen on opening day Sportsman's Warehouse has always supported the Chattanooga community and all the local conservation groups, wild game dinners, youth events, and much, much more. Please go and see them today at the corner of 153 and Lee Highway. Because whatever you need, whether it's camping, fishing, hiking, or hunting, whatever you need for your outdoor adventures, you can get it at Sportsman's Warehouse. Sportsman's Warehouse, the great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Check them out at sportsmans.com. Sportsman's Warehouse, located at the corner of 153 and Lee Highway. Beatty's Fertilizer in Cleveland, Tennessee are the only ones you need to call for your commercial lawn care supplies. They are experts in fertilizer, lawn chemicals, mulch, stone, and all your commercial lawn care needs. They have the expertise to recommend formulated special blends for your lawn care company. Your customers will be happy with the great results, and so will you. Beatty's has years of local knowledge and know what will work in this area. Go with the pros at Beatty Fertilizer, 472-5491, 472-5491, and check them out at Beatty'sFertilizer.com. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That is more than the catchy jingle when it describes State Farm agent Rodney Allen. For over 20 years, Rodney and his team of professionals have been taking care of our family's insurance needs. Whether it's home, auto, life, or insurance, or your outdoor toys, Whatever it is, Rodney Allen and State Farm can handle these needs. Don't forget your banking and financial needs as well. Reach Rodney Allen and his staff at 423-847-3881. Again, that's 423-847-3881. And invest a few minutes of your time to deal with a financial professional and his staff. Rodney Allen, State Farm. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Speaking of compass auctions, I see where Miller Haynes woke up and decided to listen to what we were saying right as we were doing an ad for compass. Mm -hmm. Just in time. Hey, I got to give a shout out to my good buddy, uh, John Ingram, uh, down in uh, Georgia. Johnny Montana uh, went out fishing in uh, Montana and Wyoming with uh, Johnny. We had a great time. That, he, he's one of my fishing buddies, and uh, he's a... Uh, He's recovering from some illness, so Johnny, hope you're doing well, buddy. Absolutely. Hey, did you hear about a shooting up in uh, Canada? I did. When was that? How did I miss that? Uh, two weeks ago, probably. Um, I'm just trying to figure out how the individual got a gun in Canada when they're so restrictive on the the allowing of guns up there he didn't have his uh card to get a gun but yet he uh basically shut down a city for 12 hours so um just throwing that out there and the prime minister of canada has now decided that they're going to ban ar assault weapons we'll just call right. it that. He, he used a pistol though that's not the point <laughs> do what now he used a pistol 
I'm pretty sure he used a pistol. Really? I'm almost positive. I may be wrong. Uh, and if somebody thinks I'm wrong or if I'm incorrect, uh, let me do some Google searching while you uh, ad lib. And I was no, I'm, I'm, I'm actually reading the article here that says on starting Friday, uh, when was this article written? May 1st. It was a Friday. Um, I wonder if that's the Friday they were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Around 1,500 makes and models of firearms will be banned from law-abiding and licensed gun owners to sell, transport, import, or use in the country. Yeah, uh, I'm reading it right here, and it said that he used a handgun. <laughs> okay, Just so I wasn't wrong. Gun, All right, thank you. The guy who shot everybody doesn't abide by laws, as in a common theme among mass shooters. So he used a handgun, but yet we're going to ban ARs. Right. That makes sense. Yes, it does, because guns hurt people, Tony. Don't you understand? The guns hurt people, and we can't have anybody with hurt feelings in Canada or hurt bodies by them shooting with a gun. So we're going to ban ARs. We're going to ban SKS. We're going to ban AK-47s. We're going to ban pistols. We're going to ban everything. And, oh, look, they're Australia, and they have no gun rights. Public Safety Minister Bill Blair backed the move, saying, as of today, the market for assault weapons in Canada is closed. <laughs> enough is enough. Banning these firearms will save Canadian lives. It's currently unclear how that will save lives, since it only affects folks who obey the law, which mass shooters do not. And he used uh, a pistol. He used a, a Ruger Mini 14 Lapi- uh, Lapine, I think. That's what? what it's called. A Ruger Mini 14 Lapine. Okay, that's a rifle. It said, on, it said on the thing right here that it was a handgun somewhere. I'm trying to find where it was. A Mini 14 is a, a Ruger uh, rifle. It's it's pretty funny. I, I kind of have to chuckle because I actually have a Mini 14, believe it or not. Um, it... Um, it shoots a two two three five five six. It shoot. It has collapsible stock. It has thirty round magazines. You know, it's but it's wood, so it's not scary. It's and not evil. well. Mine, I've actually got composite folding stock. Okay, that's the evil one. Do you have the that's wood the one? The evil one, yeah. That's the evil twin. Uh, so it's pretty interesting. Um, anyway. Uh, they are going to give a two-year amnesty period to, for people who already own the listed firearms to comply with the ban. <laughs> okay, they're evil, but we'll give you two years to do something with them, but you can't right. sell them. Right. And new legislation would be passed to provide fair compensation for owners of now illegal firearms. Um, some the author of this article wrote, there is really no such thing as fair compensation for compens- confiscation of private property. All Canadian, Canucks will, are expected to comply with the new law by April 2022. And people who refuse will comply to comply will face criminal charges. 
These weapons were designed for one purpose and one purpose only, only to kill the largest amount of people in the shortest period of time. No. No. Trudeau said, which anyone who owned them has or has a lick of sense knows to be a malarkey. You don't need an AR-15 to bring down a deer. Nobody's said you did. Gun models like the M16, the M4, AR-10, AR-15 are all on the banned assault weapons list. There are estimated 83,572 in Canada currently. They have no clue how many there are. I can tell you right now, there is no way. And the reason I know this is because it is the most built firearm there is. Mm -hmm. I am actually going about two hours away here in the very near future to build my very first one, just to build one. Really? Yes. Uh, The thing of it is, you have to register the lower. That's the, the firearm part. Right. Do you not think there are a few... Uh, uh, unserialized registered versions out there? I would think so, yes. maybe. This is the most popular two. rifle in, um, in the world mm-hmm. is the American sporting rifle, as it really is, the sporting rifle. Mm-hmm. There is no way. They have, uh, there are an estimated 83,572 that doesn't sound like an estimate to me. That sounds like this is what they say there is. They're wrong. They have no idea. Yep. I that bet there's like 183,000 if there's... <laughs> they have no clue. That sounds like a gun registry to me. But And I think you do have registered guns up there, so... Yeah. I, you know, I... I've become very, I don't know, maybe civil libertarian on the gun issue, Um I'm not, how do I say this? I'm not a gun guy. I mean, I enjoy my guns, but I'm one of these people that think, you know, if you can afford to shoot a a howitzer cannon and you do it in a safe manner, by God, then go get yourself a howitzer cannon and have fun blowing stuff up. I mean, if you want to, you know, shoot stuff, knock yourself out. I got no problem with that, as long as you do it in a safe manner. Now, should should the regulation say, you know, I can't own that? Uh, I don't know. You know, that's that's where I start to get more libertarian in my thoughts. But anyway. I mean, Here's some of the had... comments. Did this oh. scumbag even use a rifle in the commission of these horrible crimes? No. He <laughs> no. impersonated a police officer, mm-hmm. pulled people over, and killed them. Mm-hmm. With a pistol, not a rifle. Yeah. So let's ban let's ban ARs. Yeah, it was a pistol. The uh, the Ruger was actually from a previous mass shooting. I uh, misread that. Okay. Wow. Appreciate the fact checking, though. Thanks, Jesse. No problem. Crazy stuff, man. Crazy stuff. I don't know. I just, you know, we had a fun, safe time at the gun range the other day. Uh, in fact, yesterday. And I had a lot of fun. It was conducted in a safe atmosphere. There was somebody else on the range and said, hey, you know, cold range, I'm going down range. We all, you know, that's fine because we're nice, respectable people. 
You give some, you know, you get somebody who wants to do damage. You give them a gun, they're going to do damage with a gun. Give them a knife, they're going to do damage with a knife. Give them a car, they're going to do damage with a car. I mean, it, it, if somebody wants to hurt people, they're going to find a way to do it, no matter what. Be it gun, knife, car, rock, um, whatever. It is pretty sad. All right. Let's go take our final break. Tony Sanders Outdoors. We'll be right back. It sits above the mantel on a couple rusty nails. And it's worth a bunch of money, but it damn sure ain't for sale. The good Lord only knows. Sportsman's Warehouse is a perfect place to shop for all your outdoor equipment. No matter the season, Sportsman's Warehouse friendly staff and knowledgeable experts can assist you in finding what you need for your adventure. If you're a hunter, angler, boater, hiker, camper, or need clothing or shoes, Sportsman's Warehouse has just what you need. If you're looking for a firearm, Sportsman's Warehouse has over a 1,000 guns in the store. Now, if you don't see one you want, you can go to sportsmanswarehouse.com and select from over 6,700 guns offered online. Then you can have it shipped directly to the store, everyday low prices, no shipping charges, and no processing fees. Don't forget to sign up and register for the Sportsman's Warehouse loyalty card. This will give you points towards gift cards and special promotions, as well as keeping you informed of upcoming events. Be sure to like them on Facebook for prizes, promotions, as well as things happening at the store. The place to shop for all your outdoor needs. Sportsman's Warehouse. The great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Highway 153 and Lee Highway. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That is more than the catchy jingle when it describes State Farm agent Rodney Allen. For over 20 years, Rodney and his team of professionals have been taking care of our family's insurance needs. Whether it's home, auto, life, or insurance, or your outdoor toys, whatever it is, Rodney Allen and State Farm can handle these needs. Don't forget your banking and financial needs as well. Reach Rodney Allen and his staff at 423-847-3881. Again, that's 423-847-3881. And invest a few minutes of your time to deal with a financial professional and his staff. Rodney Allen, State Farm. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors, hanging with you this Saturday morning. Getting ready to wrap up the first show of May. And I don't know what we need to do. Well, um, well, what do you want to go? I think we can, uh, well, I can tell you the first day of, or the first Saturday of May, I'm going fishing. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, if you didn't hear it the first hour, I'm heading to the Elk, which is one of Tony's favorite waters. So hopefully I, I, I will. I really do like the Elk. I, I don't know why. It's a good river. It is. It is. It's And it's really not, it's, sometimes the access is a little tough. Yes. But um, I really, I really do like it. Elk is a really good river, and and I think the wading is part of it. The easy wading uh, with the pea gravel bottom, as opposed to slippery, slimy rocks. So, right. Um, and I, I do think that part makes it definitely easy, or uh, or mo- more enjoyable, whatever you want to say. Yeah, it's a it's a good river, and, and it's a good river to learn on. I mean, uh, if you can catch fish on the elk, you can catch fish anywhere. Because they're, I wouldn't say that the elk, uh, the fish are tight-lipped, but you know they need a 
good presentation. You're not going to get, you know, you may get lucky, but not often. You're you, you got to have more skill, so it'll it'll help hone your skills on that river. It really will. Absolutely. So, people are heading out doing a lot of turkey hunting. Indeed. And that's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of people have done it this time. I can't wait to see the final numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, I predicted we'd hit forty. Okay. So, and we We're got uh, Tom, we got Tom on line one too. All right. Say good morning to Tom. Hello, Tom Gavin. Hey, thanks, guys. How are you doing? Good. And yourself? Doing well, Doc. How are you doing? Really good, man. Yes, a great uh, a great day to kick off May. Yes, man. Uh, hope you guys have a really good weekend. Uh, bring me back a little bag of pea gravel. Uh, <laughs> can do, will do, sir. Can do, will do. Thanks, kid. I'm going to have a great kid. weekend, Tom. I've got kids putting down mulch in my yard, so I'm going to be you know, supervising and be happy. That is really good. That is really good. Well, we're coming back, man. We're coming back. People are starting to get outdoors. Uh, people are kind of returning to uh, lives as, as they know it, good lives. You know, bring back Western civilization. This is the greatest country on earth. Thank God. Thank God. You're here. Absolutely. You guys, you guys, yep. Absolutely. You, you, you guys have a really good one. And, uh, you too, Tom. Hey, hey, Tom, are you going to be available in about four minutes when I get off the air? Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. I'll give you a call about something. Thank you. Okay. So, thanks, kiddo. See, See you guys. Hey. Take care, Doc. See you, bye. See you. See you, Rob. Bye. Bye. So, how long does it take you to get over to the Elk from, are you ready to go? Yeah, I'm ready to go. I'm loaded up. My car's ready to go. All I got to do is uh, throw on a shirt and go. What time are you meeting him? Uh, about 8.20. It's going to be an hour and 40-minute drive over there, but I lose an hour. So, I'm going to be there about uh, 8.40, 9 o'clock their time. So, and it's a seven-hour oh, float. So that's not forward. true. Be there about eight o'clock their time. Seven forty. Well, no, it's, it's seven an hour, now. Hour and forty minutes. You'll be there at eight forty Eastern time, which is seven forty. Okay. Sorry about so, that. Goodness gracious. Anyway, but yeah, uh, math forward is to- not your friend. Not th- not this early in the morning. Trying to do time change. So <laughs> fair enough. Uh, well, I hope everybody gets out and does enjoy. And a lot of fishing happening. Seeing a lot of boats on the water. Seeing a lot of kayaks and stuff in the back of vehicles, on top of vehicles. So I wish everybody much success, much safety. Lost somebody up at Real Foot. Had another drowning as well. Uh, up in. Hill. Where? Center Hill. Center Hill. Uh, you got to be careful out there. And apparently the guy in Center Hill had on a inflatable life jacket. Mm. Makes you got to wonder about those. So, all right, we're done. Jesse, thanks for pushing our buttons. Thank I'll you, Jesse. And, uh, have fun, Rob. Tony Sanders Outdoors. We'll see you next week. Hunting, fishing, loving every day. That's the prayer that a country boy prays. Thank God. You have been listening to the podcast of the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoor Show. 
Please subscribe to our service to get updated shows weekly throughout the year. Like us on all the social medias to keep up with what's going on on Tony Sanders Outdoors. 